0: It's very exciting. And and you talk about leaving a legacy. That's exactly what this is looking mm-hmm. to do. It's looking to help our community thrive uh, and for long after we're gone.
1: We are looking forward our way from Studio C in the 511 Studios in the Brewery District just south of downtown Columbus. This is Brett Carroll and I have a very special guest today. I know you're on Pins and Needles. Excited. I
2: am. I am. Talk about deja vu though, Brett. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I won't even tell the audience how old I am um, and how long it's been, but decades ago, I was a Girl Scout and I was talking to our guest ahead of time and Because I was a Girl Scout, because I was a camp counselor, I was able to get a job as an undergraduate at Otterbein as a dorm counselor. It was significant. Those were significant years for me. Today, we are going to discover how young girls in our community are learning not just leadership skills, not just nature and outdoor living, but now the opportunities to learn STEM, science, technology, engineering, math, and a lot more. You know, STEM programs have been designed to provide skills needed for in-demand careers. This program is going to help close that gender gap for the future employment opportunities for young women. So we are so excited that today we are going to talk to Tammy Wharton, President and CEO of Girl Scouts of Ohio's Heartland. Tammy, thank you for coming to our show. Thank you for having me.
1: Sure. And you've got a long history with the Girl Scout world. Before we get into the Council's work, if you want to talk a little bit about your background, your previous experiences, and, and what brought you to the Girl Scouts overall.
0: Really, it's an interesting career. I started as a synchronized swimming coach after having a long career at Ohio State um, as a national champion on their synchronized swimming team. Yay. And I thought that that Go was going to be my career as a coach mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. Yeah. And, and it's funny because when you look back, All the opportunities and curves you get along the way really do become the fabric of what you become um, in your career. And so coaching didn't work out. And so I started working events in the athletic department. I started a summer camp for the recreation department. And so when you look back, you're like, wow, you did programming And Mm -hmm. then I started a nonprofit after that. So I was probably one of those individuals that jumped jobs every two years, but the experiences I had along the way were incredible. And when I finally got into the nonprofit arena, I was in the marketing department and fundraising department and moved through several different nonprofits to end up at Girl Scouts. And when I became the head of their marketing and uh, fundraising department, I thought, oh my gosh, I've arrived. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you get, aspirations. You know, I was always a person that put goals out there and um, what I wanted to accomplish. And instead of having somebody tell me what I needed to accomplish, I said, you know what, I want to actually be the person making, being the visionary, making those goals and really encouraging people in in getting to accomplish them. And so that's when I went back to school because schooling's always important. Um, Got my master's degree and then went and ran a nonprofit and then came back to Girl Scouts to take them through a merger. And the Girl Scouts merged from over 300 councils down to 111 councils. And it's amazing the things you learn along the journey. Mm -hmm. And good and bad, and I always say you learn probably more from the bad experiences and the failures than you do when everything's going well. So there's been a lot of um, challenges along the way, but I'm blessed to have been selected in 2007. So it's been a long time. That's when the mergers were happening in our area. Um, Until now, present time, um, with Girl Scouts
2: of Ohio's Heartland. Mm. Tammy, uh, Brett and I have a um, running joke that I bring in all my friends to sit at the table with us. Um, the other thing that I do is bring in Buckeyes, and so Brett, Brett's you a, got Mi- a two for two there. Exactly, there exactly. Brett's a Miami grad, so you know, go Miami, but go Bucs. So, <laughs> yes, absolutely. O so, h O-H. o h i o. Yes. Um, okay, so let's, we're going to get back on our subject here, um, Tammy. I assume that today's scouting program is a whole lot different than it was in my experience back in the seventies. Uh, it's not my mom's Girl Scouts anymore. But let's focus on some of those changes that have been made in the scouting program over the decades. And what's the mission that Girl Scouts is trying to accomplish today? Well,
0: while some things have changed, some things remain the same. And I always like to say it's not your grandmother's Girl Scouts or your mother's Girl Scouts. Um, We have changed in a lot of different ways for the positive. Um, Girl Scouts was founded in 1912. And I know that was long before you were involved. Yeah, just just a few years. I just want to qualify that. (laughs) But it's interesting because in 1912, think about women had no voice mm-hmm. in the public sector and only five states granted women the right to vote at that time. Right. So we're creating a leadership organization for girls during a time when women were not respected in the community as much as, as they are today. Um, so when you talk about how things changed from when we were founded until now, mm-hmm. um, that's a, quite a difference. Um, the little-known cookie program that we do, largest <laughs> social entrepreneurial program in the world, run nice. by girls, gives them life skills to own their own businesses, which yes. you may
2: have participated in. Oh, my gosh. I can't even tell you how many boxes of cookies were in our house that, to be then sent around to the aunts and, you know, the grandmothers and neighbors and everybody else. So, interestingly,
0: that came about in 1917, Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if you know why it was founded in the first place. Yeah. But when we talk about um, women and fundraising, they didn't have the ability to go to a bank and get loans. They didn't have the ability to fundraise. Right. So what they did was they did what they knew. They baked cookies in their kitchens and sold them.
2: And that's something.
0: And because Julia Gordon-Lowe, the founder, could not get a loan, she had to, to sell her rare pearls for the organization to invest in the organization. Wow. So we're glad that women can get loans today. I'm glad that there are many female leaders um, in our banking industry. I know it's a um, heavily dominated male industry, but in our local community, we have many women leading the way. Mm -hmm. And I like to say many of them are Girl Scouts because we do have 59 million alums. And I'm one. And you are one. (laughs) Um, So that's, that's, Way back in the the founding, um, one of the things that is still today, um, and you may have experienced this as well, is that Girl Scouts has always been an organization of inclusion. In the 1950s, Brown versus the Board of Education, uh, when there was the demand for desegregation in schools, Girl Scouts was already being inclusive of all girls. And we did it through daughters of the migrant agricultural workers, military personnel, Native Americans, Alaska Eskimos, and the physically challenged. So we were always an inclusive organization from the time we were founded. And Martin Luther King said that Girl Scouts are a force for desegregation. And so if we could learn a couple lessons from our founders and from all of the Girl Scout alums before us, that's one of those of inclusion. It makes the world a better place. Those are our uh, missions. And I think it's really important that we continue to think about that today.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, your website states that Girl Scouts is about fun, friendship, and new adventures. Now, uh, the Girl Scouts also provide young women with the resources they need to make the world a better place, as we've just kind of alluded to a little bit here. Um, tell us more about the role Girl Scouts have played in developing well-rounded young female leaders and their impact on their communities. I'm sure you got plenty of stories.
0: Absolutely. And again, one of the my favorite things is to go and watch the girls learn. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one thing that has not changed is our programs are about adult mentors helping lead the way. And I always love to say that in Girl Scouts, girls get the opportunity to try new things, hands-on activities that they may not be subjected to in every day at school or at home. And so that opens their eyes to what the possibilities are of the future when you were in girl scouts you probably participated in some things well we already had a little bit of conversation but some of the badges were sewing they were way back when morris code you think Mm -hmm. about the things changing in this world morris code is not one that we typically use anymore but learning how to podcast we talked Mm -hmm. about programming on podcast and telecommunication and you know, a lot of the programs have been updated to how girls deal with life today. We have four pillars in Girl Scouts today. Several of the programs um, in those pillars were around for many years. Our pillars are entrepreneurship, you know, that little-known Girl Scout Mm-hmm. cookie program that we just mm-hmm. talked exactly. about, mm-hmm. uh, STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. And there were actually electrician badges back in our founding. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of science badges throughout well, history.
2: We, had, we yeah. had a biology badge, I think.
0: There you go. Yeah. Um, environmental we used to get it education.
2: By, yeah. right. when we used to get it when we go camping. Sure. And outdoors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Girl Scouts mm-hmm. do
0: outdoors, whether it's primitive, whether it's in cabins, I mean, things change. And, and in this day and age, the way Girl Scouts, there are some girls that love primitive camping, but when we have a lot of the adults go with us, uh, several people have CPAP machines, mm-hmm. so we need to make sure that the the troop houses have electric, so that some of the things that people need today to exist can be utilized. We didn't yeah. think about that as much in the past, right? Um, so the outdoors and then life skills. Um, Anti bullying programs and Mm -hmm. after this, after COVID, mental health programs. Mm -hmm. I mean, those two are two big things that we are in continually need of for our youth today. Um, Suicide is very high, especially among our uh, middle school and high school youth. And so, our programs have been proven that they help girls gain the confidence. And skills that they feel good about themselves, because girls' confidence peaks in the fifth grade.
1: How do you add those programs? Do you do like an outreach of uh, polling, general questions of Girl Scouts Studies? go, "Hey, what's what? What should we be addressing?"
0: Well, I think we look at the landscape of what's going on in the community and, well, and so uh, yeah. and then and then we utilize a lot of experts. Okay. And of course when we start looking at the program content, we need to make it age appropriate and progressive mm-hmm. and so we bring in the experts that know what girls like. Gotcha. And there's also some elements where girls are helping to select programmatic content mm-hmm. and and how they get engaged because Girl Scouts there's not one program that girls need to follow throughout Girl Scouts. Right. We believe that Girl, Girl Scouts is for girls by girls. So that means that they need to select the items that they like. They decide as a group, and then they apply the programs that they want. And then the adults are there to help them, assist them. But in in essence, they're doing a lot of the work themselves.
2: Right. Okay. I mean, I can remember. I don't. Re- I don't remember how many badges were available at that point in time. And I had a slew of them, but I didn't have to do them all. I did the ones that were of interest to me. One other thing that I, it just, as as you were talking, all of a sudden it hit me. My background is in doing career services. The first resume I ever wrote was in Girl Scouts. I had forgotten that. And it was to apply to a program. I don't remember what it was, but we had to develop a resume. So that was the first time I ever did one. When you think about life skills, and there's so many life mm-hmm. skills that uh, girls need to
0: learn, boys need to learn as well. And unfortunately in schools they're not getting some of those life skills that they they were getting previously because there's so many other things needing to be addressed
2: during the school day. So You know, that's a great great comment too Tammy. When you think about everyone saying school should do this, school should do that, well schools can't do everything for everybody and there are organizations that should be thought of as a partner in the schools. And scouting could definitely on that list that's good and
0: we do have um, in school Mm -hmm. programming Mm -hmm. and also volunteer programming because not everybody has a caregiver or surrounded by adults who can help them and so it's always important to have those mentors however girls need them
2: right right Mm. well the big thing that we want to talk about today is the fact that Girl Scouts dream big and re- I just, it just happened, poor Brad, he's always hearing from me about, did you see this? Did you see that in the paper? <laughs> um, I read an article in the newspaper announcing the Dream Big Transformational Initiative developed by you and your team. And it's going to be located at Camp Conjocity, which full disclosure here, that was my camp. Um, I was a counselor there, so if anybody's listening and you're about that age, you could have been one of my campers. Um, but on the western side of Franklin County, uh, tell us about this vision. This is so exciting.
0: It, it's very exciting. And and you talk about leaving a legacy. That's exactly what this is looking mm-hmm. to do. It's looking to help our community thrive uh, and for long after we're gone. It is powered by Girl Scouts, and I make sure that we say it like that because it's to benefit the entire community. It's a program that is an immersive campus on 220 acres. We have that that property has 220 acres in Western Franklin County on the big on the Big Darby, and it has a bunch of different topographies out there. So girls can learn environmental science. We do we teach about drones, and and why is that relevant? Because AP, which has been in the news a lot um, with the power grids and stuff, one of the things that they're going to be doing in the future and are doing now is they're using drones to check the lines. Mm-hmm. So if we teach girls how to build program and fly drones, they can go into an industry that they might not have been in. And AEP has had underrepresentation for women for many years. They're doing a lot better. They're continuing to focus on that. But there's a lot of different programming that we're looking to introduce that will allow girls to mm-hmm. first experience some of the programming and then look at it in the future
2: uh, for the workforce. It's, it's creating an even platform. So that regardless of whether you physically are at a particular level, you have the skills to do the job. Absolutely. And that's been one of the issues with jobs like AEP um, is that physically women may not have been able to do what needed to be done. Wonderful. And okay. they
0: probably wouldn't have even known about half the jobs. And I right. think that that's where the partnerships come in. Mm-hmm. So the STEM Mars of campus will have obviously science, technology, engineering, and math programming, but it'll also have um, some programming around the in-demand jobs. And that's the welding, the construction, which are jobs that you do not typically see women in. And why is that important? Well, we know Intel's coming. And Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of STEM jobs that are going to be needed in the future. That's Mm -hmm. one of those fields that's going to be growing exponentially uh, in need of staffing. And so it's important that we build a workforce today so that we have the workforce of tomorrow. And it starts at those formative years in high school. There's a lot of good things being done with um, Columbus State and with a lot of the technical institutes to get more workers in the workplace in some of these in-demand jobs instead of going to four-year colleges and coming out with big debts. However, if you're looking at introducing these programs to girls in the, in the ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, that pool's already been diluted Mm -hmm. because girls don't realize that that's something that they can go into. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is introduce girls to different opportunities early and often so that they can look at these professions that are good paying professions that will close not just the gender gap, but also the pay gap because Mm -hmm. they're going to be in these industries. And we've got to bring the caregivers along too, because caregivers have things in their mind of, my daughter needs to go to college or my niece that I'm looking for needs to go to college. And there's a lot of apprenticeships out there. There's a lot of trades out there that uh, you can get really good paying jobs. And that's what this is about. It's building the workforce pipeline of the
2: future and it's one part of it. It's in partnership with the entire community. Right. Right. You know, I think too that this will be an incredible opportunity to demonstrate that Training is an ongoing thing. So a young girl who's going to get excited about a trade job through this program is also going to see that if they continue, college may not be for them today, but in 10 years it could be. And that engineering position, that scientific laboratory type position is out there and is and they're capable
0: and often the organizations that they work for the companies that they work for will help assist paying exactly. for that as well so exactly. because I think coming out of school with debt I mean that is a reality of many because because uh, college educations have gotten so expensive so there's a lot of different opportunities and opening people's eyes up to them they may not think about different occupations um, engineering's one of them when you say what is an engineer, who knows what girls think about with that? But when we start breaking down what that means and showing them, hey, we're we're constructing a building, we're renovating a building, and we're going to have a camp around that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a construction company help us with that so that you can see all the different jobs. All of a sudden, it, it's not a mystery anymore, and it, it becomes a reality because they're doing those jobs.
1: Hmm. Right. right. Yeah. Well, one half of our workforce is female, but um, about 28% of them are In the STEM fields, we kind of touched upon this too. Uh, I read that young girls in fourth grade are at the critical stage of interest in science areas. If we don't get their attention then and interest by fourth grade, they're going to be likely not to pursue those fields. How can Girl Scouts change that trajectory? I mean, what, what can your program provide that is not available in other programs?
0: One of the things that we provide is access. And it's access to programming. And, and there are programs out there that are mm-hmm. also providing access to different programming. So I don't want to say, I know I'm, I'm representing the Girl Scouts and we have incredible programs, incredible partnerships. So everybody who wants to be a Girl Scout, come come uh, look us up. But there's a lot of great programming out there. It's just, there's not enough to get the, the girls engaged. And we're doing programming in financial literacy in automotive. I mean- A lot of times the programming that girls are seeing are the programs that are top of mind, you know, Mark, Mm -hmm. you think marketing, um, programs. And we talked about the podcast and it's a great thing, but there are things that in the automotive industry that girls do not have access to learning about. Um, we talked a little bit about drones. I mean, there's expenses to some of these programs and because we have partnerships, because we have supporters, we can make, our programming accessible to girls who don't otherwise have that opportunity. Um, we do not want girls to not be able to participate in programs because they can't afford it. And that's a huge piece. Access is is big for everything. So um, out at Camp Conjocody, uh, we're going to be able to share programs in rocketry. I mean, how many people think of rocketry? We're going to talk about um, programs in hydroponics, growing your own vegetables, Um Whether you live in the urban setting or the rural setting, everybody can have fresh vegetables and eat healthy. And then anything that we don't utilize in our programming, we'll give to the local food pantry. So again, use resources wisely, make the world a better place. That's what we're doing through all of our programs. And we're teaching girls and their families along the way that there are opportunities to make their lives
2: better. Tammy, we've looked at STEM in the traditional sense, STEM in the non-traditional sense. What kind of timeline are we talking about in in this project? And are there other groups that are going to be working with you um, on the different phases?
0: Yes, and I'm going to go backwards to go forward on the timeline. In 2018, Girl Scouts of the USA, our national organization, Mm -hmm. uh, wanted to put 2.5 million girls in the STEM pipeline by 2025. Now, Girl Scouts of Ohio's heartland, that's when we first started envisioning about the dream big project. And I always joke with people and I say, you know, we're going to put a million of those girls in uh, the STEM pipeline through our project. Cause we're dreaming big
2: mm, on behalf right.
0: of girls, youth in our community at large. And, and when I say that people go, well, what do you mean girls? This is for girl scouts. And yes, it is absolutely for girl scouts, but it is also for other youth in our community. Uh, I like to tell individuals during the school day, our Girl Scouts are a lot of times in school. And so we do field trips on the campus and programming on the campus for schools. And a lot of times those schools do not have access to Mm. programming that we are offering. So it gives them the ability to participate in hands-on learning out in an environment that they're not used to. They're maybe used to sitting in um, a school building with four cement walls around them, multiple colors, But to get out into the community, get out into the campus and really see what it's like to be in the outdoors when you're so close to downtown, it it really changes their mindset. I've had girls and youth say to me, um, are those trees real? (laughs) And people laugh when I ask that, when when I share this and, and I say, yes, they're real. Why are you saying that? And they said, because the trees in our community are like perfectly shaped. And these ones have are laying over and there's smells and, and it's like, yeah, that's leaves decaying. So there's a lot of things that are different out in the community, um, in the rural community versus the uh, urban communities that you, you don't even think about some of those things. So our our youth in general are going to get the advantage of utilizing um, this facility. And then there's a lot of community partners that we're, we're working with as well. Um, we talked to uh, Ohio Department of Natural Resources and they do programs Wetland training programs—they do them out of town—and so we said, "What if in our wetlands you did the training there?" And most of the people are coming from Central Ohio. You can use our wetlands. You can help us develop additional programs, and help us upkeep our wetlands at the same time. We're on the Big Derby. We talk about water quality testing and sustainability of our environment, and we can teach girls and youth about the sustainability and anybody who wants to do water quality testing at Ohio state or um, the department of who knows what can come in and, and, and right. utilize our campus. Cause we want our campus to
2: be that living, living and, laboratory. And, and that is, that's a real thing. I, when I was at Ohio state and I was counseling science students, we used to get them jobs with um, the Ohio department of natural resources to do water quality testing all summer long,
0: right? And and so bringing on not only the students but also the um, professors,
2: mm-hmm.
0: girls and youth get to see science in action. Mm-hmm. Science is all around us, right. and they don't always think of it that way. They don't think about um, how how to do experiments and how um, different things, how maple syrup ends up on the on the shelf. Right? and we and, have a maple syrup program we tap our maple trees and we teach them about that and then all yeah, the that's... mathematics that are involved in it you know you don't think about the think about things as much when they're fun and you're you're learning more and faster when they're fun and interesting so mm-hmm. i think that's the unique piece about this so our youth can get engaged involved in the community our community partners can get involved we'll have a, a Gathering space for three hundred, and so there'll be spaces there for other nonprofits, for for profits to go and do off-campus trainings. Mm-hmm. We talked about our our teachers. Sometimes they like to go off away from schools and do some team building. Uh, we'll have a low ropes course, and and again, it's about tying the community together. Our low ropes course is going to be three feet off the ground, and we're going to talk about um, the physics of gra- You know, the physics of gravity and some of the other science items, but also the team building um, parts of it as well. And then we'll say, you know, if you like this, then go to Camp Mary Orton or go down to Hocking Hills where they have zip lines and do the more adventurous treks so that we start tying different programs together around the community. We are not everything. We're the introduction. We're the starting point, And we want to tie it together um, so that you know, when you're buying something, I, I, I realized I, I buy something um, on Amazon and it says, if you bought this, then what about what about this? Oh, right. That's the goal of Dream Big. It's as big as we can think it to be. And and we want to get to the, pro, to the point where we say, if you like this program, then go to CoSci for that program. Again, it's not competition with other organizations. We don't want to be redundant in our program. We want to bring in the partners uh, to help us enhance programming and then start tying it together.
2: You know, when you really think about it, given the issues in today's world of people not understanding science, not necessarily believing science, the way to understand it, the way to believe it and understand where it's going, whether it's the big derby or climate change when the world is hot this summer, um, this is how young folks become not just a scientist. They may not go into science in their career field, but to have an understanding of their world. Absolutely. And they have to start somewhere. Right.
0: And and not everybody right. learns from textbooks. And, and I was one of them that school was school was difficult for me. But if you showed me something once, I could replicate that, and then I could expand upon that. And that's where our programs really do come to play, is showing girls and having support systems that help them Experience something and then fail, and I'm I, one of the things is you know what is my words of wisdom is we all need to fail more often, mm-hmm. and that's the first attempt in learning, and and we try and be so perfect all the time, and when you're perfect, you don't
2: learn and, and win an award, and, win a trophy. <laughs> wow, well,
0: I, I mean, yes. earn a trophy, yes, get a trophy. Yeah, that's that's a whole different podcast. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, this all sounds like maybe an expensive undertaking. Um, You have several high-level partners and other companies and individuals supporting you. How can our listeners support this program, everything you're doing?
0: So you're right. It is an expensive project, and it's getting more expensive with the cost of construction. It's a $16 million project. We've raised $11.2 million thus far, and we have about $3.5 million in outstanding asks. But that still doesn't get us to the $16 million. Uh, What you saw back in May was our public announcement. And so we need the community to help us get engaged, get involved um, in this and and support it, not only um, in programs, but obviously financial, because we want this Dream Big project to become a reality for girls, youth and our community as a whole. And for individuals, listeners who uh, want to learn more about Dream Big, they can go to our website at gsohdreambig.org. And on there, they can obviously learn more about the project, but they can also um, contribute financially to the project to help us get to that final uh, finish line so that we can make sure that we're starting to build this legacy
2: that's going to help our community thrive well into the future. And, Mm -hmm. And for listeners, we'll have all that information on the show notes on our website um, for everything that's going on with this project and other programs that Girl Scouts is currently involved in. This huge undertaking that you are doing, Tammy, um, it's going to have an amazing impact in our community um, and could create really positive change for our girls in every neighborhood. You've touched on this a little bit. Tell us a little bit more about what you see happening once this is all up and going. And, And speaking of which, too, we talked about a timeline. When is it going to be built? So we're, okay, I'm going to back off and say we <laughs> are currently in the fundraising mm-hmm.
0: portion right now. Our hope is that we get our renovation of one of the buildings started by the end of this year and that the ground building of the Leadership Center and Makerspace space begin in spring of 23. So it's coming fast. We're looking to close up the cap campaign very quickly. Within the campaign, we also have an access fund. And a lot of the individuals that um, aren't typically utilizing our programs, we want to make sure that they have access to these programs and that finances are not the reason why they can't participate. When we look at the um, statistics, it said 28% women are in STEM fields, and depending on the fields, it goes down from there. The engineering and architecture is 15%, and only 12% are in computer science. Mm -hmm. When you start looking at black, brown, indigenous Youth, girls, those numbers go down dramatically more. And so we want to make sure that we continue to reach out to all girls
2: so that they have opportunities to get the skills and careers of the future. So if if a church group wanted to bring a group of young women to the program, that would be an opportunity. They don't have to be in Girl Scouts. Is that what you're saying? There will be programming available. Yes, that's exactly what Wonderful. I'm saying. There'll be
0: programming available for the community um, to participate in. And of course, we hope that all girls can be Girl Scouts as right. well. Um, we would love to grow our membership because it's such a value for um, the membership fee and the opportunities that are available to our Girl Scouts. And they'll also be programming for the community. So right. you heard me talk about the Maple Syrup Program earlier. We have a Maple Syrup Community Festival we have community hikes out there where we're teaching um, youth, and I say youth, boys, girls, families, um, about the topographies, about the environmental science, uh, as we're putting programs on. So we have all kinds of programs going on out there, or we will once, um, once this is all developed. Um, there'll be Girl Scout programs. There'll be field trips with all youth and school groups. There'll be community groups coming out. Um, We'll be hoping to have a campus full of um, individuals utilizing it. We have about eight thousand to about ten thousand individuals coming on the campus right now um, each
2: year, and we're looking at it being thirty to forty thousand once we have all the programs up and running. Okay. And when you're saying campus, you're speaking of the the what what I call Camp Conjocity, correct? West side of Franklin County, Galloway area. So for listeners who aren't familiar with that, it it's huge. And, 220
0: acres. Yeah, and, it's, it's, and you don't always realize how big 220 acres are until you get out there. Right. Um, there's a lot of grounds. There's old camp where we used to do residential mm-hmm. uh, camp. We don't do that anymore.
2: Darn. Um, there'll I be
0: had. some new facilities built. The STEM and Leadership Center mm-hmm. will be brand new. Um, there's a pool out there. I mean, there's a lot of facilities out there, and there's going to be a lot more added.
2: Right. Great. Okay. okay.
1: So what are you asking of parents and guardians of your scouts? How can moms, grandmoms, aunts, friends support their young girls in reaching a STEM career? I don't know what your answer is, but I could, two words to come to mind to answer that question in my head is to listen and encourage. Absolutely. Think, Absolutely. Just listen to those girls.
0: And also listen, encourage, support, find activities for them to get involved yeah. in early on. And and with mentors and with Mm. professionals that know what they're doing, because a lot of times the, um, the caregivers they're nervous themselves to, they don't, they don't know how to go about doing certain STEM programs. How do I get my daughter involved in engineering when that's not my background? Mm. And that's okay. And, And I think sometimes we don't realize it's okay to show that you don't know. You could learn together on something. You could go to a program together, or you can come to Girl Scout programs, um that we have with the rocketry and with the engineering and robotics and then we'll teach your your uh, your girls for you.
2: You know, I think um that was the reason that scouts started in my neighborhood at my school uh, as I said I grew up in Linden in in the 50s and 60s and we didn't have any resources. We had school, and that was it. And luckily, our little school, um, the, the nuns that taught us did, did it the best they could, and we had lots of stuff going on, but Girl Scouts were accessible. Um, it didn't matter that we weren't from um, more affluent families, um, it, uh, color was not an issue, and everyone w- was on the same platform. We started out together. Didn't matter if our families had camped or not. Um, needless to say, I keep saying my poor mom, I didn't realize until I was an adult how much she hated it. She was not a camper, but she was there with me every month um, doing, the, doing the camping. And so it's it's listen, encourage support, and don't be afraid to ask for assistance from Girl Scouts. I, th- I think that's what I'm hoping part of this conversation is that if you have some kids some young women who really want to learn about something, don't assume they're not going to be welcome at Girl Scouts. Don't assume you don't have the money for it. Ask the questions first and, and try to make that work. And
0: that's a great point because access is so important and affordability is so important. And I know there's a lot of families struggling out there. And so we want to make sure that that the financial barriers are not going to be the only thing that keeps you from participating um, that's so incredibly important. And our schools are doing the best they can with the resources they have, but they can only do so much. Right. And girls that are involved in extracurricular activities, they achieve more absolutely than girls who do not. And so this is considered somewhat an extracurricular activity that opens up opportunities for girls that they probably wouldn't get in the normal
2: school day. And it can lead to... So many things. I mean, if you have a young girl who is learning how to test water on the big derby, when they get to chemistry class in high school, it's not going to be as much of a struggle. And the notion of furthering their education is not going to seem like a dream unattainable.
0: Well, and that brings up another good point, because one of the things we were talking about earlier is that girls learn best in an all-girl environment. And that's why Girl Scouts is so incredibly important. And boys learn best in a co-ed environment. So both are needed for different things. But getting girls into programs at an early age in that singular environment is so beneficial so that when they – do get to high school and there's other distractions. I'm not saying what those other distractions are, but there's <laughs> other distractions that they're already confident that they can uh, succeed in chemistry and biology and some of those other subjects that become less important to them or maybe important's not the right word, but but they don't pursue as much.
2: Well, they're not defined by those distractions. They're defined by their own confidence, their own education, their ability to learn. And that's what I always told my college students is that a bachelor's degree gave them the ability to learn more. That That's truly where because they were walking out of college with very little experience, they had nothing to give to an employer except their ability to learn new things. And that's where you, our, our children may be missing that in K through 12.
0: Correct. And I don't want to let Brett out here mm-hmm. because we had a, another conversation. We had a lot of conversations early on. Mm-hmm. And um, we are inclusive with men can be Girl Scouts mm-hmm. because we also understand that it takes women and men supporting our girls for them to thrive. And so we have male leaders. We have men putting on programs. We have men helping girls with camping. Uh, in addition to to um to our our female leaders. And so it's really important that uh, we embrace everybody who wants to help girls thrive to do so because I mean, they're our future.
2: Well, listeners, you know, Brett and I have already uh, volunteered to teach our the young girls podcasting when this um, program gets going. um and if you are sitting out there thinking, boy, this sounds pretty cool. what can I do?" Um, just call. I'm sure somebody will uh, answer that telephone and, and talk to you about what the opportunities are out there because support is not just financial. That's an important support, but support can, can come in, in other ways too. And particularly if you've got a group of young young kids in your church or, or an after-school program who need that little extra boost, this is an, an opportunity. Tammy, it, this has been incredible. I said Talk about déjà vu. <laughs> I keep I keep thinking about all those trails that I walked at Konjacity all those years. Um, we've taught, we've given our own words of wisdom, but we'd like to hear yours one more time.
0: First attempt in learning is always important. We need to fail in order to succeed in the end, and right. and build goals. But I also think or wish that everybody can be a girl. Mm-hmm. And I know you're looking at me a little strange. But girl in my context, I like acronyms. Can you tell? Girl in my context is a go-getter, innovator, risk taker, and leader. And that's going to build our leaders of tomorrow, girls and boys. If everybody could be a girl, it's that easy.
2: Absolutely. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to use that on you more often. <laughs> Poor Brett.
1: I'm sorry he- that I have to give you the, the opportunities you have to. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Actually, no.
2: Um, so thank you.
1: Many thanks to Tammy Warden, president and CEO of Girl Scouts of Ohio's Heartland for joining us today. Listeners, thank you for joining us. And don't forget to check out our show notes for contact information, as well as resources on our website that is lookingforwardourway.com. We're looking forward to hearing your feedback on this and any of our podcast
2: episodes.